This is the Lee Side Lives podcast. I'm Jordan. And you're listening to episode number eight. My guest on episode number eight is Oshin Kanairi, freelance sports photographer from Yall. Oshin, welcome. Where and how did your association with photography begin? Um, it's definitely. I'm just. I'm actually. I'm laughing here. I'm getting flashbacks of the two of us in the CRI days and action replay on a of a Sunday night. Yeah. Um, but photography. It's kind of like a funny question. I get asked all the time. Like, where did you? Where did you start or how did you start? Um, I mean, if you go right, right back, uh, like my first interest with a camera or with like photography was actually um, an aunt of mine when I was, I'd say, probably 13 or 14 years of age. She bought this really good camera. I think it was like a Canon 70 or something. And I never thought about photography before this day, but she was showing me this camera and I was messing around taking pictures with it. And... Uh, I remember kind of look, looking in, into the inside of the camera and like seeing how all the mechanics worked and stuff. Because um, they would that would have been like a DSLR camera, they're called. So they're like, you can see all the mechanisms work inside of them. Um, and that was probably the first time I ever kind of looked at the camera and thought like, you know, it's actually kind of a, a cool little thing to be messing around with. Um, so then actually I went away from using the camera that day and kind of thought to myself, you know, I wouldn't mind finding a camera from somewhere or messing around with one or taking a few snaps so I actually approached her and I said you, you had an old camera that you, got, you were getting rid of or whatever so she wanted to sell off her old camera that she wasn't using anymore and I said I'd like to get it off her but I was actually broke at the time so she's they were actually doing work in their house at the time and she said look if you come up and mix a bit of cement and give your uncle a hand uh whatever fixing up the house then I'll give you the camera so that's how I got my first ever camera. It was a Fujifilm S9500, I think it was. And that was, that was the, the starting point in my photography career. The local press started calling then, I suppose, O'Sheen, opportunities covering local events, sporting and non-sporting. Yeah, 100%. So like with that camera, um, with that Fuji I got off her, the first ever game I covered was um, a Hubble Skull match. It was, they were playing Dune CBS, I think, in Turles. I'm, I was actually, I was a sub on the bench because like, I think I accepted there when I was in fifth or sixth year in school or fourth year even that my inter-county career wasn't going to be exactly kicking off. So uh, I actually started taking pictures of the, the, the good lads playing and that, that first match, it was, it was the under 16 and a half final of the Munsters, I think. Um, it was doing CBS in Public School. And I just took out the camera on the sideline, started taking a few snaps. And that night I threw them up on Facebook and sure all the lads are going mental. Like, you know, the way if sports lads now and they see a picture of themselves in action, sure they're yeah. maybe texting lads, do you have any more? Do you have any of me looking the other way or whatever? So I kind of got a buzz off that knowing there was like a bit of demand for them. Like I was taking pictures at matches and people were actually like, we're getting really excited to see like, oh, what's, what's O'Shea going to put up tonight? So I kind of started to take pictures a lot of, at like, school games kind of like school events or whatever like for the school website and then I actually ended up we started my first ever proper job was with the all news and that was literally just going around town sure like everyone knew me in town as the photographer like is used to go to all the local events or it could be whatever a check presentation or it could have been whatever just random kind of events were happening around town or any kind of queen of the sea all those kind of things I did that for about a year and as as you know, like I'm mad into the golf. So the Irish Open came to Foda Island in 2014. And I knew there was no way they're going to let like a 15 year old with a camera just walk in with a presentation or whatever. 
So I actually ended up making this like fake website. It was like, I even registered at the d- domain name, everything. It was tnr.ie, I think, so, like the newsroom.ie. And I like, I like filled it with like a load of just random articles that I found online, just completely copy and pasted, made it look really professional. Um, and like photoshopped all these like press credentials, whatever, sent them all in. And I got an email back to say, yeah, look, you're approved. You can get a press pass. So I arrived down there and I was nearly laughed out of the place. I walked in and they just saw this like 15 year old fellow with a small little camera and they were like, there has to be a big mistake here. So I had all the paperwork and I was like, look, I've been approved of all the, you know, I've been accepted in here. So they were like, look, um, like rules are rules. Fair enough. You got, you got past us, but we'll be keeping an eye on you during the week and just follow the rules and keep your head down. <laughs> but like that was that week at the Irish Open was definitely, it was definitely the, turning point for me as I knew I wanted to be a sports photographer after that um, I think it was just uh, the buzz I got that week of being in the press centre and meeting a load of different photographers yeah just seeing the lifestyle not the lifestyle but the kind of workflow they had I just got a buzz off and I kind of it, it was that week I just knew definitely that it was for me Excellent. Happy days. So it took guts and a little bit of luck and I suppose learning from local photographers then as well Um and it really helps them when you find something that you love that you that you want to do, and um, you've gone on to do that. Like um, you you got the break, another break later. I suppose when you when you went to college or when you finished your leaving sort and went on, the big gig was with Info, the Irish Sports Photography Agency. Like how did that come about? Uh, so I was in. I actually first went to college in WIT. I was doing software development or a software development type course, and I've knew fairly early on that it wasn't really for me a few months down the line I kind of accepted I you know maybe this wasn't the best choice ever but the thing is you see I think it's kind of important just for no matter what you want to do in life I I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a photographer like without a doubt but there were so many people that like turned me off it as in they just kind of told me there's no money in it you know you, you have no hope of getting a job at an agency or you know just completely just turning against it and I was foolish enough to actually listen to them and say, all right, maybe I should actually go in, do something else. Um, but no, I think it was when I was in WIT, I realized actually, I think I'm going to get this photography stuff a go, you know? Yeah. So I actually ended up, I finished my, out my first year there and then I swapped over to St. John's College in Cork, where I did uh, a year in photography there. And that was, the, yeah, that was where I really fell in love with photography big time like we were all of our projects were shot on uh, like 35 mil film Uh, you had to like develop it yourself and you know go into the dark room and there was all the bringing it really back to the basics all the old-fashioned old-fashioned style photography Um, and like the digital stuff just went out the window which I absolutely loved like I just completely fell in love with it then um, but in, in that year in St. John's, you do a week's work experience and I emailed the boss, Billy, and he gave me a week's work experience up in info and yeah, I was pretty much offered a job for a summer, I think it was. They said to take me on afterwards and yeah, that summer just never ended, just kept going. Yeah, and you obviously it's a job you love and um, I mean, sports photography has developed so much over the, over the last couple of years. Uh, it's more than just you know, getting a team photo now or the winning goal, you kind of have to use your imagination a bit more. I get, I get that sense with, with info and with sports photography in general, would that be fair? Like I always, my own personal view, and everyone has their own different opinions, but I always think that like 
action photography as in the action shots are actually nearly the easiest ones to get. You're just, the cameras nowadays can take, I think the newer ones can take something like 16 or 17 frames a second. So like once you put your finger down there, it just blitzes it. Um, so I mean, if you're, if you're tuned in, it's quite easy to get action shots as the game is going on. But it's with the people that actually look outside the box and look for something kind of creative, just something that you wouldn't normally think of. Like I've seen photos before by people from Info, Sports, Foiler, even Getty or whatever agency. And you just think like, gee, like, what, like what were they even thinking? Like that's amazing, this, that creativity or just something, looking for something that no one else can see basically. Um, I think that's a real, what a real, I suppose, good photographer is doing. Um, but obviously, I mean, it's important to be good at shooting your action photography as well. But I think the winning shot is always, or if you look at the awards every year, the winning shot is always something when someone just thinks outside the box and looks at something a little bit differently. That's normally the one that stands out. You've gone freelance now in recent times as well, haven't you? How did that? What was it? What was the thinking behind that? Yeah, so I spent about two and a half years, maybe more, just under three years in info. And I got offered an opportunity to go and travel on the European tour, the, the golf, uh, with another agency called Golf Files. So I, I'm absolute, as you know yourself, I'm an absolute golf addict. I love it so much. And I just couldn't turn down the offer. So I kind of split up my time where I do a lot of, kind of like freelance, pure, kind of my own private stuff. And then the other half of my time is filled up with, with traveling with them. Just, well, unfortunately, it's a bad time with this virus now. I've only actually, the only away trip I did with them was in Abu Dhabi and Dubai this year for the two events out there. Um, and sure, we were ready to go to Florida for the Players' Championship. There was the World Golf Championship match play. Um, and there's one other, the Valspar Championship as well. We were meant to have three weeks over there, but sure, everything's been cancelled. Um, so unfortunately, it's bad timing for me, uh, considering... I was planning on traveling the world this year, but I mean, there's always, whenever this, this ends, there'll be next year, and I'm not really too worried about it just yet. Definitely, yeah, and hopefully things will pick up again pretty soon. But like to, to land a gig where golf is a big part of your, your daily job, it will be. Um, that must be that must mean a lot because um, you're a golf fan, but even taking photos like of, of golf courses, beautiful landscape there, like isn't there, to, to picture? Absolutely, yeah. Like even uh like it's, it sounds funny but like being a golf addict i mean most young lads played fifa growing up on their playstations or xboxes but i always every year every christmas got the tiger woods 06 yeah. 07 809 or whatever and like you're there um playing these players um or playing in these golf courses the next minute you're having the crack having a bit of chat with them um and you're you're actually walking on these courses you were playing um as a child it's kind of cool um definitely even the one that stands out to me is the before we went to Dubai uh I was told about this um everyone keeps talking about the eight box in Dubai and I was kind of thinking you know it can't be that impressive but uh the first day I think it was on the Tuesday I went out in the golf caddy someone brought me out and they just drove me up to the eight box no one else in the golf course and you're just standing up on top of it looking into this like skyline of um of skyscrapers in the background it's just it was amazing it's like a surreal experience actually witnessing in person after seeing it on tv for years amazing place to visit as well so that's kind of one of the benefits of being a sports photographer now you get to visit um these amazing sporting events but see a lot of the world as well yeah absolutely and i think that's another reason why this new role was kind of attractive for me was 
you know, you have your, I think your, your Thursday to your Sunday is fairly intense. It's your, you're on the golf course and you are flat out and it's, it is long days, long hours. But I mean, your Monday to Wednesday, uh, that's, that's your time and you can do, do pretty much whatever you want or do your touristy stuff or your sightseeing. But um, now once Thursday comes, it's, it's lockdown mode and you're, you're fairly tuned in then. Prior to the shutdown of sport, uh, virtually everywhere, like what was a typical week? For you, Oshin, because over the last couple of years, like we've seen your images on the Irish Examiner, the Echo, the Independent, and whatnot. What was um? What were your day-to-day duties? I suppose if there was a typical week. No, there there wasn't. That's 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 the joys of the job. Um, I mean, the way we used to work was I used to get my schedule emailed to me on a Wednesday, and you just have your next seven days every single Wednesday. You just know what you're doing, but um like things can change last minute and you know jobs can come in last minute it's um yeah it's it's a fairly it can be fairly hectic all right but very rewarding at times um but normally you'd have your your match every day you do on you'd have your location kick off and you just do the rest you write down there probably like two hours early hour and a half early um get set up do your match send in all your stuff um you might stay back for half an hour after the match is sending the rest of the stuff and off you go you're back home I remember speaking to you before about the most important thing when you're a sports photographer. It is all about the lens as such, isn't it? I'm just interested in getting a sense of the technology that's in your kit bag at the moment. The technology being used now is actually just scary, Hmm. if you ask me, because if you look back even, I just think in the last 10 years, 10, 15 years, it's just after coming on, it's leaps and bounds, it's it's ridiculous. And when you think back in the the 80s and 90s, you had lads that were literally manually focusing a film camera using rolls of film in the back and nowadays you're using cameras that you can just plug your phone or a wire into and you're taking 16 frames a second and you can just be banging them into a a, an editor's desk unedited and they're just looking after the rest it's just it's seconds it's it's crazy but in terms of the actual lens itself i mean I personally use Canon gear and your lenses go all the way from, I mean, ideally you should have three lenses on you, your wide angle for anything going to happen near enough to you, uh, a lens called a 70 to 200 millimeter lens, which is basically kind of this medium size lens that if there's anything happening a few feet away or anything that's, that the long lens is, is, too, is too long to capture. Um, that's your kind of mid range lens. And then the, the big one that the monster one then is called your, I mean, it's your fixed prime lens. It's your, it's it's the telephoto or not telephoto, but it's your sports prime lens. So they go anywhere from like lenses are measured in millimeters. So conventionally, you'd see anything from a three hundred millimeter to a six hundred millimeter. Um, three hundred, four hundred is mainly used for soccer. It's kind of it's a bit more tight, um, tight in action, and kind of five six hundred millimeters be more like hurling, rugby, that kind of stuff because you're a bit further away interesting undoubtedly like golf is the is the favorite sport to cover but what other sports do you most enjoy uh photographing at O'Sheen? hurling was always i used to always love a good hurling match just couldn't beat it um i just uh the, the pace of the game is, is is unreal it just never fails to amaze me um i used to yeah i mean crow park any like quarterfinals semi-finals finals they're always just the tension and the passion and just the speed of it was it would make the hair stand on the back of your neck you know it was always um it was always really really enjoyable to cover 
Mm-hmm. Um, but like aside from that, I always used to get a buzz off covering a sport I hadn't covered before or maybe a sport that I wouldn't be used to covering because um, your creative juices start flowing. You have to start thinking outside the box maybe yeah. and to start, I don't know, think, thinking for something different maybe. What images spring to mind? So if someone were to ask you, like, what, what, what are the best photographs you've taken so far in your career? I mean, I probably have personal favourites that the photographer next to me would say they're absolutely crap. But, um, like, that's the thing about photography. It's really, really subjective, you know. Like, what, what I, I, I might enjoy a picture and I might show it to you and you might think it's awful and vice versa, you know. But if I had to pick a few, I mean, one of my most successful pictures was last year you probably remember that um the trophy break picture of the the girls team in Westport that was just crazy because like it was with all due respect to that the the girls playing that game it was pretty much a nothing game like it was like no one really wants to go down there and and shoot their matches so um I just told myself I remember being on the way down and just say look just try and get something different just try and just for your own sake so you don't because I remember it was a triple header I think and it was just three three low level club games in a row and it was there were long long days I just told myself, try and just pull yourself a, a nice picture you can throw up on Instagram later on, maybe. And yeah, no, lo and behold, that absolute fluke just happened in front of me. That bunch of girls just jumped in on top of each other, put a cup in front, and cup snapped in half. And it was just a reaction in all their faces. Um, so I woke up next morning, it was in every single newspaper, it just was the front page of Think Independent, Times, Examiner, and it just landed ever inside every paper as well. It was just crazy. Another picture I've always enjoyed was just because of the story behind it uh, was probably like the Ryder Cup in 2018. Um, I was a massive fan of Ian Polder growing up, the golfer. Uh, I just used to, used to be obsessed with him uh, when I was younger. And I got a, a shot of him basically kind of like screaming into the camera af- on the Aiden Green after York won. And uh, like, it's just mad because one minute you're, you're this young teenager and you're like looking on TV at all these that you think are like these absolute celebrities, these godlike figures. And next minute you're just on the 18 green with your camera and you've these idols of yours roaring into your lens, like screaming at you. And you're just thinking this is, at the time you don't appreciate it, but I remember just being on the flight back home thinking like that was a bit mad. When these things are actually happening, you don't really appreciate them. But it's always actually when you're in bed that night, winding down or even might hit you later on uh, that day. Um, and you're going to think, yeah, that was, that was actually pretty cool. I'm sure you've built up um, a lot of great stories so from working, uh, covering sports uh, close to home and further afield. Well, I think in terms of like moments or moments that you actually kind of realise, uh, like I know you complain about your job or you might kind of get used to your job and say, oh, you know, I'm sick of this or I don't want to be here right now. I think one moment that does stand out to me was uh, I remember being, it was just before Ireland played the, uh, New Zealand, the All Blacks in the Aviva, uh, their famous win at home. And I was outside the stadium beforehand, um, just taking pictures of a few fans or whatever, just people with flags, nice colour. And I saw this fella, there was lads ticket touting outside, selling tickets and buying tickets or whatever. And I just saw one fella was looking for a ticket and he bought a ticket for 400 euro in front of me. I just saw him hand over the cash and get his ticket, which could have easily been a fake ticket. And I just thought like, this is a bit mad, like these, these people are literally on their knees begging for tickets and I'm just going to walk in there and just shoot the match and not really think too much of it. Um, so I think that was a bit of a wake-up moment. I knew, well, if that lad's paying 400 quid and there's people out here nearly crying not getting tickets, the least I can do is go in there and enjoy it. Absolutely, yeah. 
I think there was an award for yourself as well last year or the year before, wasn't there? Yeah, in 2018, uh, yeah, I came third in the um, sports action category of the PPI, which is lovely. It was my first ever year in it, so to actually pick up a bit of silver was was definitely um, a nice touch. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it's it's one of those things, you know, they're lovely to get and the awards are brilliant, but it, it is just, I think it's like three lads around a table just deciding who gets first to, set, or first to third place. So uh, it's probably... I, I like it. they're lovely to have on your wall and they're lovely to have hanging up but it's uh you know it is it's just it's subjective it's just someone's opinion at the end of the day it was actually just for a swimming photograph I went uh I climbed up on this kind of balcony and shot down I think it was the Irish Open for swimming uh two years ago and there was just this, this lad who was doing a I don't know what stroke you call it it's when they're on their back anyway um or as in they're they're looking up at the ceiling and he went underwater and he was just coming up for air and I just kind of caught him where all this, these kind of bubbles were appearing in his face. So it was just just good timing. Let's talk about social media. I mean, you mentioned Instagram earlier. Is that a help or a hindrance to your professional machine? I suppose it's both. I've, I don't know. I've, more a help, I'd say, because you're... I mean, every photographer should really should probably be on Instagram, if, especially, I think, freelancers, because it's, it's a great way to showcase your work. I don't use it half as much as I should. I'm actually not that great for posting on it compared to some other people I know but um no it's, it's definitely it's definitely a help I mean you're getting your work out there you're trying to attract people into view what you can do and what you enjoy doing um and I think for freelancers especially like for potential clients maybe you could like link them to an Instagram page and say look this is what I've been doing the last year of my life uh, professionally um if you like my style or if you like my work maybe we can do something together so what sporting events are you most looking forward to covering or are there events that, you, that you'd love to cover that you haven't covered yet? I think, I'm not going to get the call up for it this year, definitely not. But the, the Masters is definitely one that's on my bucket list. Um, I think that'd be a very, very special event to cover. I just, I, I've talked to a few people that went there and they just said it's just, it's meant to be just a magical experience altogether. It's just, it's meant to be um, eye-opening. But uh, like, in terms of sport, predominantly all my work for the next the next one will be kind of golf related. I mean, I'm just kind of eyeing up a few golf tournaments that I've always wanted to cover. Um, nice places around the world, maybe. So we'll see. I think any of the majors, though, like the British Open, uh, Masters, PG, or the US PGA and the US Open, the Players' Championship, which, which is commonly called the fifth uh, major, they're all definitely on the bucket list. I, luckily, I was fortunate enough to do the British Open last year. When Lowry's famous win, that was a very special moment. But yeah, I, I'd like to take off the rest of them if I can at some point. With the cessation of uh, sporting action, you've had to improvise and think outside the box. And I, I spotted a photograph of yours in the Irish Examiner uh, in recent days as well of a certain woman at Yall Beach with her dogs, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, I think we all know that certain woman as well. <laughs> I think there's, there was a lot, of, um, there's a lot of media at the minute that's quite negative and quite depressing. So I said it to my sister and said, we'd look, we bring the dogs for a walk on the beach. We'll try and get a funny shot, maybe just something that might put a smile in someone's face. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty funny shot. So hopefully a few people got a smile after and might have cheered up someone. Do you bring your camera with you everywhere you go? Like, I don't, but it's a habit I'm, I'm getting better at. Um, I've even, if I'm meeting up with friends or if we're going for a walk, maybe, or if we're just kind of doing something a bit interesting, I might bring it along. But most of the time I probably wouldn't. But I do consciously, when I'm leaving the house, think, is there a photo to be got here today? And if I really don't think there is, I won't bother bringing the camera. But if I think 
there's a chance maybe that something might happen or if I, I'm going somewhere a bit interesting, I'll, I'll throw the gear in the boot before I leave the house. So going back a few years to when you were in, in school and when you discovered this flair, this passion you had for photography, what things did you learn in the early days that you still you know, hold dear when you're going out to a, a golf course or a hurling match today? Well, like in terms of dealing with people, like I've always been fairly adamant that like, it, it, you know, it, costs no, it's, it sounds kind of cringy, but it costs nothing to be nice to people. And even um, like a lesson I learned was you'd often see people kind of, uh, let's just say, very fancy camera equipment because they can afford or whatever. And they'd be kind of nearly looking down on someone next to them because they don't have the best of equipment or whatever, or kind of like laughing at them thinking, you know, what are you doing here? But I I just think it's a really bad attitude to have because so many times I've uh, forgotten something or I've um, made a ball to something and next thing you just the lad who just takes pictures for the crack of it he's he's sitting next to you and you're like do you have a spare charger or do you have a spare battery or uh, listen did you get that shot there any chance I can just get that frame off you because I need it and you know people are more than willing to help if, I mean if you're nice to them they're going to be nice back to you but I'm sure if I wasn't so nice to them at the start they wouldn't be too quick to give me a lend of a battery or a charger or whatever you know um, but yeah in terms of technically speaking a lot of boring technical stuff yeah that I can think of in my head but nothing that's actually interesting or that would stand out should there be anyone here um that's interested in photography maybe or sports photography I mean the number one tip I was always given was like fill the frame that like that was the when I first started off at a really crappy zoom lens and I remember just a photographer saying to me just literally do your best but fill the frame just try and get as much action squeezed into that little box as you can um and I think that's a, that's a, a good starting point definitely not to have any useless kind of space or information on the outside just try and zoom in and just get get what you need or focus in on what you're on what you're trying to capture uh like me Oshin, you're from you all as well and uh iron man the renowned uh triathlon was was held on our doorstep last summer which is fantastic you were on duty that day were you i was indeed yeah actually we weren't planning on covering it and i was staying back in the office late um with a fella called gary and the phone rang. It was about seven o'clock at night, maybe. And it was the editor of the Irish Examiner. And he just said, look, we need someone on Sunday or whatever day it was um, to cover the Ironman. And you all, yeah, the second the phone was put down, I literally said, put me on that straight away. There's no, no one else is allowed to that. That's mine. Because I, I was dying to get on for it anyway. So um, yeah, it was very, very handy. Because I was meant to be up in Galway or somewhere up the country doing a random job. So I, I was very quick to swap that around. Um, I was it was brilliant. I mean, I've never ever seen a town like it. It was just electric, and the, the, it was probably the worst day they could have possibly had for it in terms of weather. And just to see the thousands of people come out of the woodwork was you'd uh, you'd be very proud to be from there. Do you kind of have to adapt then when the weather is you know to one extreme or another? Does that change the photos you're going for? Or uh, yeah, hundred percent. Like when when it's when it's raining, it's just the job is a hundred times harder. I find I just think it's an awful job in the rain. Like when it's when the sun is out and you're in your shorts, and you're in Crow Park, the Viva, just in a lovely day, nice dry day, it's the easiest job in the world. But when the second rain starts, I used to, personally just used to hate it so much, um, because your gear is getting wet, your laptop is getting wet, you can't, you know, everything is just more um, or it's harder to do. But like you have your special covers, you can put in everything, and you can get covers for your laptop um well it just takes a while to set all that stuff up unfortunately 
are you still based in County Cork, Oisín? I mean, I know you're you're in Yall and on lockdown at the moment, but you know, with with your new freelance gig, are you going to base yourself in Cork or is it further afield? No, I'm I'm still based in Dublin. So, um, yeah, I just try and get down once every couple of weeks to see the family and the dogs. Um, but no, I'm I'm still living and working in Dublin. That's where I'm based. What do you like most about Cork, or what do you miss about Leaside when you're living in the capital? A lot of miss about Cork, to be honest with you. I mean, like Dublin's great. I love Dublin, but uh, like Cork is your home. And I think it's definitely when you want a night out in, in the city um, or a night out at home even, um, yeah, you kind of miss it. I mean, maybe it's just all your, your friends, or your mates around the place. But I've always said like out of, I've been out and about or on, in nightclubs and pubs all around the country. And there's something about Cork I just love so much. I love being out there just... I don't know if it's the people or is it just the vibe or whatever. It's just, I always feel it's um, a nice homey spot to go out in. The real capital. <laughs> Obviously, you've got more time on your hands nowadays than you would say, you know, when, when there's a lot of sport on. Um, are there books, series, podcasts you're enjoying at the moment that you'd like to recommend, perhaps? I mean, there's just tons of uh, books we did in college that were great. Like, it depends what you're into, honestly, because if you're into, like, old-style film uh, photography, like, the kind of real old-fashioned stuff, um what's 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 his name uh, kappa robert kappa was brilliant i used to love his stuff in college Um, did a lot of like war wartime stuff Um, and if it's the kind of newer if you're into newer type of photography there's some there's some excellent photographers out there like you go onto instagram if you, you know if you look up getty um getty sport i think they're just brilliant um their their instagram page is just really really fresh and it's slick um, and if you flick through there, like if you're into sports photography, I think that's definitely one worth following. Uh, also, a big, big fan of um, the Ricky Gervais show. They're all old reruns of it in the late noughties or the, or the late nineties and early noughties. But um, oh, there's a podcast there, Ricky Gervais and Carol Pilkington, Steve Merchant. I just keep listening to them over and over again. I could watch or listen to them all day long. Well, Shane, that's almost it. That uh, concludes our, our conversation for today, I think. But uh, finally, what is it you say? What would you say it is that makes you tick? I suppose the potential of... I love going into a job and knowing there's a shot there and that, that can be gotten. And I, I love using my brain to try and, and maybe think outside the box or try and get something a little bit different that someone else mightn't be able to get or not that they mightn't be able to get, but that something else wouldn't think, think about getting, you know? Um... Yeah, I like I like to think of maybe a feature shoot. So if I know I'm shooting an athlete or um, whoever tomorrow, when you're going to bed at night, I love just buzzing up my brains with ideas, thinking, well, where could you shoot them? What kind of lighting could you use? Or what kind of message could you try and convey in the shot? You know, that's that always gets... Um, gets the creative juices flowing yeah definitely well look it's fantastic to see someone find their passion and get to to work at what they love doing and uh listen Oshin, thanks for the for the insight and the chat and continued success going forward and sure hopefully uh the sporting calendar can be pieced back together very soon thanks very much jordan it's been nice to be back on with you again